Hello, hello, hello. Happy Sunday. Happy, so, it's happy Sunday. Hello, everybody. So, um, this has been a eventful week, hasn't it, Catherine? Yes, it has been very busy. Lots to do. We've been go go go. I'm glad that we've had we're having a, da- a down day today. Yeah. So, um, in terms of controversial topics, we would like bringing in a controversial topic, and uh, we've spoken about various topics over the last few months, from biblical topics to world topics. And so, in, in terms of a controversial topic. I know we went to a conference this weekend. It was a powerful conference, uh, Friday and Saturday, called the Canadian Awakening. Great speakers, a lot of insight and things like that. Anything from there that you thought, wow, this is a, a controversial topic? I think everything was, but anything that was controversial that you say, you know what, let's talk about that today. Oh, how, how, much, how, how long is this podcast? Well, we only got um, <coughs> 10 minutes. Oh, okay. So we were then. Then uh, I went to the I, camera. You can't. No one can hear you. Oh, sorry. Then I can't even talk uh, uh, in ten minutes about anything. But I think my takeaways from from the time that we had this this, this weekend, one is that there are lots, a lot of Christians out there who are standing up for their faith, being persecuted for their faith, and being persecuted for their convictions mm-hmm. in in. Because their faith impacts the choices they make in the way they work or conduct their their business, whether it's in the medical field, the legal field, in education, in uh, ministries. And their choices, which are based on their beliefs, are impacting uh, their lives. And and they are facing persecution, uh, which um, we could maybe make this one of the topics I've decided that persecution is a good thing because when there's persecutions, pe- persecution Christians unite just wait, don't, don't jump on that yet and the second thing I learned is that we only have our freedom in Christ I mean I knew that before but it's confirmed we only have our freedom in Christ and we need to spread that gospel message Okay, what do you mean freedom in Christ? Like the Lord has set us free Okay, so someone that goes to prison, are, yeah. they, are they free? They are free. Someone that's been persecuted, um, money been taken away from them, gone to jail, family separated, are they free? They're free. So you say freedom is a state of being, what you are, regardless of your circumstance. That's right. Gee, I couldn't have put a bit of myself. Oh, no. Say that again, ah. slowly. No, I did it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> say it again, slowly. That's, a, that's great. No, you, you say No, you say it. What did I just say? You are free regardless of your circumstance. Yep. You are free in Christ regardless of your circumstance. That's powerful. Okay, so that should be the slogan. The slo- the, that's going to be the, the heading. Slogan. The slogan. <laughs> the slogan. Uh, yeah, that, that's true. I mean... So, so going back to the, the persecution perspective... So wait, the third thing is, okay. is we're, better, we, we're better together. I know that sounds so... Like current but honestly it is so important to gather with like-minded people but especially believers something powerful happens in the physical but more importantly in the spiritual that breaks barriers strongholds and face to face eyeball to eyeball touch contact conversation something powerful when believers gather that that was just 
I mean, we we haven't stopped gathering. I know I've always known that, but oh, I love that part of it. Okay, now yeah. what, what what are your takeaways before we go to the persecution part? What are your takeaways from the the conference? Well, you went to all of them, so I didn't see all of them. Um, for me, the whole concept of unity is not necessarily dependent upon what people believe because they had every everybody from different walks of life there. I remember even this one guy coming up and saying, oh, I believe that um, Jesus is not coming back for another 5,000 years because of some... We haven't, we haven't gone to the bottom of the ocean to find... I'm thinking, what does that have to do with the bearing of anything in the Scripture? So they're, they're having, making up ideas and um, putting up things that are not in the Scripture, but yet that person is there. Yet you have this whole spectrum of believers and i would say the key for that person is that person believes that yeshua jesus is lord and savior he's given his life to the lord and i think that's probably it i'm not sure how much more he knows about the scripture but that's it and and there's many it ranges from that all the way to people that know the scriptures and they know and they're walking it out so you have a full range and i think what's common across all of them is that they have a passion to see God's will be done on earth. If you, you say and they know that God's will is freedom for people, helping people, protecting women, protecting children, um, honoring the Lord. So no matter what their position is in terms of understanding the scriptures, rapture, no rapture, um when, what's happening, what Bible translations, what's fundamental is the will of God. And they understand that they need to protect people. And I thought that for me was the, the, unit, the unifying factor. It wasn't based on doctrinal positions that unified them. It was a, like we spoke about last time, the common purpose of seeing the will of God being done on the earth and being used as an agent of God to touch people. And so the discussions that we had around the table with different people was it wasn't so much the the way people do it, but what is truth? And let us promote that, helping people, not the way. Because the one way you'll have like Arthur Polosky, a mighty man of God, speaks the truth, but yet you had people they hear Arthur Pulaski, other pastors, and they will say something like, oh, well, he, um, I don't like, what he said was true, but I don't like the way he said it. And for me, when I hear that, automatically that person that just said that, the way is what the scripture talks about. They are the dogs, the pigs, the goats, the wolves, the snakes. And so... When people start talking about the way and ignore the truth, I think uh, we do need to watch those people. And, I, and for me, I'm, I'm learning more and more when people start pointing out the way. For example, um, I do like Donald Trump. I do like him. He's not necessarily a hero. Like, oh, uh, he's a, a hero of, of mine. But I do like him, and he's the best candidate in the years that he at least stands for truth, even though he's maybe crass or the way, right? 
and people may not like the way, regardless of the way, is what he's saying true? Mm-hmm. And and I think if we just get we just we as believers now more than ever need to get rid of that way, the the seeker friendly church, and get to the truth, and get rid of that seeker friendly garbage, and let's focus on unifying on the common purpose of bringing the kingdom of God here every time we step out. And that's so that's a summary of what I was thinking through the conference, listening to various speakers. Um, but what about what about you? Like anything that rubbed you the wrong way? Uh, <laughs> there's a, there's a few things that we've spoken about it on podcasts before about um, how frustrated I get at the division in the church. Yeah, but specifically with regards to the the conference, anything. But no, because I met some people there who I know think very differently from me. But I was encouraged that they came. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it didn't rub me the wrong way. I mean, the comments that were made about some of the people there, that, that rubbed me the wrong way. Because I didn't see them offering to do anything towards the conference. I don't know what they're doing, to be honest. But mm-hmm. I, I'm grateful that they came. Because it shows me that it's a step towards separating people. I also love that... Oh, no, but you asked me rub the wrong way. Wait, okay, so I've said the things I've liked. Let me think, rub me the wrong way. You know, no, there was nothing that, that, that really upset me at all or rubbed me the wrong way. I mean, the content of what was spoken about, that that got me upset. And I think you and I mentioned it brief earlier this morning. So, what, so like what, Rub? Well, for example, uh, the fact that we know that the enemy is at war with women. And some of the freedom fighters were speaking about how they have experienced issues in their, uh, what what do you call it, uh, occupation. And the people who are the worst in that area in terms of supporting all of this woke, libtard information are women Mm -hmm. who are being used by the enemy to forward his agenda but at the same time, the enemy is coming against women through all these transgender issues because he hates women. And he's trying to strip women of their rights, their dignity, their place in the kingdom by saying that a man is equal to a woman. Whereas women have spent all this time trying to say women are equal to men. Okay, if you're equal to men, the only way that you can be equal is if a man dresses as a woman. He's now throwing back in their face. And even the women, best sportsman of the year, best woman of the year, best business, they're all transgender people. It's, it's just crazy. They do not see the juxtaposition of how the enemy is using women to try and promote, it, promote his agenda and at the same time destroying them in the promotion of his gender. Am I explaining it clearly? Mm-hmm. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah, like he's, he's actually using the woman to support their, um, his position and then hurting them and the women are so stupid, they can't even see that. Yeah, those particular women yeah, those particular are women, they, they, they are, And that's why the scripture talks about that Eve was deceived. Deceived. Right? So, and then you also have other women that point that out. Yes, right? so like it's not, me. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not deceived by that, right? Yeah, but, it, but why is that? Because yeah, why is it, like, we're speaking about these, um, these lawyers talking about how these women have come against and how irrational they are. They are angry, bitter, coming against them without rationale, 
They are feisty, fighting, and it reminds me of Jezebel in the scriptures, right? How, and we know what happened to Jezebel at the end. Jezebel, her whole life, pushing, pushing, pushing. Oh, if you want that field, wow, you're a king. We'll just get it for you. And it took out the, the neighbor so that her husband could get the farm. And we saw the end of Jezebel. Very simple. It was very quick. Her head was cut off, thrown from the top, and dogs started eating at her. So there's going to be a reckoning for all these that have come against. And they don't realize that the end is going to be swift. And But at the same time, it's, we want those people to turn and repent. And how do you actually get them to turn and repent? Well, here's a controversial question in line of how do you get them to turn and repent. Should women be in those roles in the first place? Um, what do you mean? Like in terms of leadership roles? Or, or any, I mean, you know, are we saying that because women are in those roles and they're more easily twi twisted, should they be having those roles at all? Or are we saying that it's just part of the deception? Well, uh, and, and uh, we don't necessarily want to uh, exclude the men responsibility in this because I think men are the ones also responsible for this. And I, I actually was watching a, a, um, a YouTube clip, actually it was on the Facebook link, and um, this guy asked a group of women, there must have been, I don't know, ranging from 21 to 28, all right? Bunch of women, what do you think about men? And one woman said, you know what? Men are, I, she said, I honestly don't know what their actual use is, except for, except for procreating. But I don't know what the actual use of them is. Oh, I, wow, I, I, Andre! Wow, I, I, I just don't know because they they can just provide procreation, but but that's about it. Basically, sperm sperm providers. That's it. Sperm donators. The guy I got so offended, he he actually said to them, "Excuse me," he says, "Do you know that everything that you are using, the internet, the the microphones, everything that you have, that the roads that you drive on, the building that you have, is done by men." One almost hundred okay. percent by them. But by, by men, and yet you say, "What's their use?" The clothes that you are wearing was probably designed by the machines by men, but yet you are ignoring men. You are hating men, and so he started going on and started listing what men have done over the year, years. And obviously, the, the other thought was, "Well, they weren't allowed to. The women weren't allowed to, and the men were suppressing oh, yeah, them. Of right? Course, of course, suppressing them." Um, and instead of, and so the one, I think it was another woman that piped up and said something like, you know, well, I, I want to say, I, I really appreciate a man that defends and protects, uh, females. And so they had one out of the group of women that actually stood, stood up for men. I thought, wow, if that's the culture that we currently live in, and that's the message track that the media is pushing, no wonder this is what the youngsters are saying. But at the same time is are also very encouraged by youngsters because you have these youngsters that are brainwashed by the media and then you have these youngsters that also go, I know the media is not, 
should say the media is is deceptive and deceiving. So it's not transparent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, so I, I think I'm um, going back to the the concept of should women be in those kind of positions? I think women can be in those kind of positions. So, I just do think that, and I think also men can be in their positions. But I do believe that men and women they do need a higher authority that they surrender to. They need Christ. They need to spend time with the presence of the Lord because only in Christ are they able to make the right choices. I don't believe any person on this planet can make a right, a truly a correct choice ongoing. I, I get one or two choices. I get that. But ongoing, the correct choice, unless God uh, is their, their foundation. And I've seen kingdoms rise and fall. The strongest kingdoms on this world have risen and fallen because they have neglected the Lord, and and those that were strong, at one point, um, you say, well, what about Babylon? Yeah, Babylon was strong, but notice, be clear, God helped the king of Babylon. He helped them because of how evil Israel was. Or what about Egypt? Well, God helped Egypt because he knew famine was coming, so he used Egypt to protect his people. Okay? Or the, what about um, Amelia Persia? Well, Babylon started doing some bad things. You even remember that they were starting to drink from the cups of the temple. And when they started doing that, that's when Babylon fell apart. And that's when they had um, Medo-Persia come. I think that was the Medo-Persian time. And then you have Greece and you had Rome coming and going. And so when you see the kingdoms that were linked to Christ, which were after um, like hundreds of years afterwards, those ones that actually had more... Christ folks or Christian do those principles, they were stronger. I remember having a discussion with one guy once and he, he said to me, uh, he said, oh, no, it's, it's, um, you know, God's not necessary, it's not real. Uh, I said, well, if you look at the power of the planets or should I say the power of the countries, which country would you say is the strongest? He goes, probably the U.S. I said, U.S. has got 300,000 people. China's got over a billion people. India, over a billion people. So you would probably assume that if we were back in the archaic eras, you would say, because you have more numbers, therefore you are stronger. And there you see countries that have less people, by far, are stronger, not because of anything else, but wisdom. And wisdom comes from fear of God. For the Lord, the Lord says that the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. In Proverbs. So the countries that are stronger are the ones that fear God, and you see the implications. It's like even in the book of, um, I think it's uh, Second Kings, where it talks about Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat goes and he teaches his people the law of God, and when he teaches them the law of God, the people around Israel fear Israel because they know the law of God. So going back to People that are in positions of authority, they need to know the law of God. Satan wants people not to know the law of God. People need. Because by having understanding the law of God, that's what helps people govern correctly. For the Lord says in, in Psalm 1, He says, uh, Do not seek the counsel from the ungodly, nor stand in the path of the sinners, nor sit in the seat of the scornful, um, but delight in the law of the Lord. Then, right? And that's that's what we're supposed to be doing. And so... A woman or man in those kind of positions, 100%, I believe men and women could be in those positions if they are fearing God. But, but in the, in the, the church, 
is a different story in terms of spiritual direction. That is not the woman. That is that is the man. So I'm not for female pastors. Okay, I'm not for. Well, females can pastor women and children. One hundred percent. Yeah, and teach and yeah. But yeah, and I use one Timothy two and three for that. It's not a oh my personal position uh, or I don't. I'm not moved by a persuasive pastor that says okay I believe a woman can preach. I don't care. A Paul's got a higher authority than you. Women can preach. Of but course they can. But other women, the Bible other says, women and children. And children. Right. But they don't have authority or able to teach men. And you say, well, what about a wife and a husband? Because a wife should be teaching her husband. In other words, the, woman, the Bible says that a wife should help her husband. And that's, sometimes it's teaching, it's directing, mm-hmm. giving other perspectives. Correct. But when we're talking about the body of Christ at like the gathering, no. No, I don't believe that is. Uh, so it all depends on when you say those people in authority. What do you think? Because now you're a woman and I hear these things. How do you feel about what I just said? Well, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm more controversial than you. Oh. And, and, and uh, you know, uh, coming from a background of being a, an, an ardent feminist before I came to Christ. Feminist as in fight against man, dominate, dominate men. Did you burn your bra? I was probably a step away from it. Like, okay. I, you know, I, I, I would, I would compete with men in everything, and I, I, I broke many glass ceilings, you know, before I came to the Lord. Well, I mean, I, yeah, I did glass ceilings, um, and was proud of them. But, you know, having given up my six-figure salary because we decided that we were going to homeschool our children. And work, working in the corporate environment for 10 years where I learned a ton of skills and obviously we met, which is a huge blessing. A bigger blessing is the fact that I got to stay home and raise my children. And I will say that hands down, 10 over 10. And do I, did I love my job and work well at it? Yes. Am I good at those things? Yes. But those skills transposed into the home. And I look at it and I think how many women are staying home and raising their children? How many are abandoning their children to be raised in schools? I remember when the kids were younger and I had stopped and, and I'd, I stopped working because you know my, our children were only looked after by one other mom who who had the same principles in us, and that was a few a few hours, um, seven hours a day for a few days. And I remember going to the park, and all the nannies at the park were these Filipino ladies, and the Filipino ladies all had their own children back in the Philippines. So the woman, working woman in Canada, and I'm sorry for, you know, for those who, who did this, but this is my perspective. The working woman in Canada would have their children. They would pay a Filipino nanny to come from Philippines to come and look after their children. They would leave their children to be raised by their grandparents or their mother or aunt or or father and then send money home now does that not seem like a messed up system to you that we are forcing women into the workplace which forces other women to leave their homes all for what for what for money and so here i am well uh, well okay let's say when you say money it's not i think people do need to feed themselves Right. Okay, I'm not saying that. But, but, but what is the purpose? Like, you know, so, so I know it's a controversial topic, mm-hmm. and I'm not arguing 100% for or against women 
uh, work, staying at home or working. And I do believe that the Lord's given us many talents. So I'm not saying women should only do one or the other. But I do feel it is a blessing and privilege. We do have choices. But there was a time when women stayed home. And then there was the sexual revolution where sex was free, everything was free. Women felt like they got freedom, broke through that barrier and said, look, we can also work in the workplace. And now we've gone with the pendulum swung the other way. We have very few women at home. And if you say, not you, but if I say, I'm a, a stay-at-home mom, that word has so many derogatory uh, stag, you know, what do you call it? What's the word? So many de derogatory attachments to it because it's not recognized as being anything that has value. It's, it's well, you, what do you do? You just stay at home. It, they think you're on holiday. It has all these like negative connotations attached to it. And so there should be a place where, yes, you have a choice to follow in the ministry of what God's called you to do. There are many amazing women in ministry. Many amazing. Mm -hmm. I, I think I have amazing ministry too. That's over and above what I, I do at home. But, you know, to, to negate what I think is one of God's highest callings, that, that's, that's messed up in our society. And that's the reason we have women who are angry and bitter and twisted working in these, these environments. And we have men who are growing up without fathers and we have all these, you know, issues in the families, broken families, families are not together because, because it, it, life is so difficult. And, uh, many women who want to stay at home feel that they can't. So I, I think, you know, I don't think that you should either way say women can't do this. Women can't do that. That's not what I'm saying. I think choice is value, but we need to place equal value on the choices that women make and, and respect. But I, I cannot vouch, I cannot endorse the concept of splitting families, whatever that, that looks like. Okay, so going back to women in leadership positions, your position would be what? Leadership, you mean in the church? Well, no, no, in terms of other positions. Oh, no, like, no, the women, women are able to do work with it. For me, it's choice. You make a choice. So you say it's okay as long as you are, um, like, so, okay, so, so you, so going back again, the question regarding that you, you made up, and that's why you went into onto that, that discussion was, can women ha hold those leadership positions, like, for example, in the government, leading, leading in those various areas? And, and your statement is yes. Women are competent and able to do it. That I definitely, nothing, no buts. The only but is, I think that when one prioritizes uh, the disintegration of the family, you know, or, or prioritizes work at the expense of the dis disintegration of the family, I think that becomes an issue. Mm. And you're going to say, now we, now we come to the whole work-life balance, which I'm not projecting, and you know, that's everybody has to make their own choices. But I think it really leads back to what we always talk about and what you brought up. If the Lord is at the center then you're able to make those choices and implement it and, and live, live your life the way that the Lord's called you to. Okay. Yeah. So I, I know that our, our time is basically up. Um, is there anything... Um, so what are we going to call today's topic? Oh, I thought we were going to call it uh, Freedom no. in Christ, but, no, but we didn't uh, even talk about that, did we? Yeah, exactly. So we need to have something that actually would summarize. Okay, well, we can think about that in, 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 uh, yeah. in a bit. Uh, I just wanted to ask in terms of 
when you meet women pastors, what 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 is it? What do you think when you meet them? Well, firstly, when you say meet them, it all depends on the context. So if someone sends me a, oh, listen to this amazing preacher, and it's a woman preacher, I I, I don't listen to it, right? It'd be very rare. Like I listen to Catherine Coleman, right? Uh, I listen to because I've I've seen the fruit. So to be honest, I put a woman at a higher level in terms of my judgment. I'm, I'm honest, okay? Higher level. So if if I'm listening to a woman preacher, there must be a very very good reason for me to listen. And your reasons are they had the fruit in their life. In other words, people are being delivered, being set free. Uh, I'm I'm seeing it, okay? See the fruit. I see the fruit. Um, and then I'd listen, and then when I listen, I would listen very closely to the scriptures. So I would judge them in a high level. If so you, you put them to a higher standard than men. Yeah, because the Bible okay. does talk about the deception. So it's not like oh, everything that you say may be true. It will be, I need to evaluate. Very so it comes from Eve being deceived. But what do you, but so if someone Paul said Paul said that. Paul said that. I didn't make it up. Okay? Yeah, but, but what if someone said to you, but, but, but we, we delivered and set free from the curse? Well, I don't really care. But same with that Paul. Was before the, that was before the fall. She was deceived. Yeah, and, and, and Paul was talking to the the church in his day, which was after the cross, and he said very clearly after the cross, um, this is the criteria of a, a pastor and a, um, uh, a deacon as well. And this is where? This is where? This is in 1 Timothy 2 and 1, oh, Tim 1 Timothy 3. Yes. Uh, I think also in Titus, in Titus 2, uh, Titus as well. Right. Okay, so you have those places. So um, with regards to a, a woman pastor, uh, the next question is, well, why are women pastors? I think the, really, the honest is men supposed to be doing that. And then what is better, having no pastor there or having a woman pastor? He's willing to step into the role. He's to willing to step. I'd rather have a woman pastor than nobody. Okay. So the fact that a guy hasn't stepped up, the ideal, the ideal would have a guy leading. But then if there isn't a guy leading, then... You know, what's the alternative? So then you're saying that the Lord is endorsing it or he isn't? I'm saying the ideal, like Paul said, the ideal is a, a, a man leading the church. It's not ideal for a woman, but it's better than nothing, right? So it's, if, if, if no one is going to be leading and a woman, for example, in the scripture, Deborah, Deborah didn't have to be the judge and lead Israel because she had to because there was no one else there. So no. she led. And you see women taking the lead through the scriptures at certain times because guys are not stepping up and leading. Um, and then there's, you have one negative situation where the woman Jezebel, the scripture says in um, Revelation 2, Yeshua says that the elders, the guys, let the woman Jezebel, who calls herself a prophetess, to, to, to go up and, and talk. So that's a... So that's a negative thing. And he says you shouldn't have because she's teaching them to go commit adultery, eat things sacrificed to idols. So that's a negative example of a, a woman trying to lead. Now, I do believe women can stand up in the front or, and, and give a prophecy because that's why they're called prophetesses. Mm -hmm. Notice they're not teaching, they're prophesying. And you evaluate all prophecies. I do believe women can give their testimony. That's not teaching, they're giving a testimony. But when we're starting to talk and we're starting to digest the scriptures teaching. and teaching the scriptures, okay, this is what the scripture means, and that, like, then that's where I, I would draw the line. So it's not any, 
so women can stand up there in the pulpit or in a gathering and share. They can even evangelize, say, Jesus Christ is the only way, right? So that message by Paul was to a church gathering. It wasn't for evangelists. So if a woman goes and evangelizes, I'm not talking about a woman evangelist. I think that you can have women or evangelists or and men um, um, evangelists, but I'm talking about the gathering of believers. Right. I'm talking about that specifically. So I want everybody to understand that because that's what the scripture refers to. I'm not making a blanket statement that women can't be... Can't serve. Uh, can't serve at all, of course. There's a woman evangelist. Um, there will be pastoring women and pastoring children, 100%. You're talking about when it says mm -hmm. these are the deacons and the elders and the bishops. Yeah, they have to be men. They have to be men. Um, so now, having said that, I also ha I have a problem with the idea of calling people pastors. General. Yes. Men and women. And, and, and I can see sometimes when I speak to them, and I, and I don't say pastor so-and-so, so when I speak to Arthur, I'll say Arthur. Or when I speak to whoever, I go Jimmy, or whatever his name is. I won't call them pastor. And they can sometimes get offended. And I go, you're contradicting the scripture. For the, for the Lord himself says, do not call anyone on your earth father. And then I was at a, a table. Or rabbi. Or rabbi, teacher. And people go, oh, this is rabbi. I'm thinking, uh, you'd rather p uh, please men than please Yeshua. Uh, and someone will say, well, Paul himself said, I, I am an apostle. Yes, that's his title. I understand that you're a... But they don't walk around saying, I am prophet apostle so, Paul, yeah. or I am pastor so Which and so. What scripture is it that don't call me teacher? Uh, in, I think it's in Matthew, Matthew, Matthew 18-ish. Okay. I could be wrong, but... No, I don't it's know. It's Matthew. there. I just wondered... So, um, and the reason why I say that is because is when we talk about pastors and, you know, what, as, as believers, someone asked me once, are you a pastor? And I go, I'm a sheep. <laughs> I have one shepherd. I'm a sheep. And I, I will past, uh, be a pastor. I will be an evangelist. I will be a prophet, whatever the Lord leads me. But that is not my title. My title is brother. If you want to know, I'm a brother. I'm a sheep. And the Bible says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. So that's what I do. I, I like to follow Christ. And so hopefully that gives those people online some perspective. I mean, if they were standing next to me and I don't call people pastors. If I did call somebody a pastor, I do apologize. I didn't mean to do that. That's probably my weakness. But I try, I try What's not your weakness to call them that? Yeah, by, by accident. I call them pastor so-and-so. I don't call people pastor so-and-so or, or father this. And that's why when I hear someone say, "Oh, um, oh, he, my 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 oh, father Hagen," I have a problem with them. They say, "Father Hagen." In other words, you're elevating Hagen above Yeshua, where he himself says clearly, "Don't call people on earth father," and you're dishonoring Hagen by saying that to him about him. But what about your own father, like mm. the earthly fathers? I th we know the context of it, right? We are, we're talking about the context of what Jesus is talking about. He wasn't talking about your, your father, father, your, your like um, his father Joseph. Your physical father. father. He was talking about those on earth that when someone has taught you or mentored you, um, there was a tendency in the first century to call people father. Right? Um, like Father Jim. And that's where, and then uh, it's amazing, even the Catholic Church, you, Christ himself says, don't call people on earth fasting. Guess what the Catholic Church do? This is Father Jim. This is Father whomever. 
And then the, the Protestants do the same thing. And I'm thinking, you know what, guys? Let us get rid of this Protestant stuff, the Reformation stuff. Let us get back to the Scriptures. Yeah. Let value eight everything according to the Scriptures. Yes. And, okay. and ask the question, where does the Scripture say that? Yes. Where does the Scripture say that? And if, for example, it doesn't necessarily say that clearly, then ignore it. But when Christ himself says it clearly, why do we have to argue with it? I get some things are very, mm, you can't really uh, point it out, but there are some things that are very, very clear. He says, don't do this, and yet we do these things. I, I, I'm just flawed at, at, if you can't get the simple things, when Yeshua says clearly, and, uh, and you struggle with that, how are you going to struggle with, how will we be able to understand or discern things that are a little bit more complicated when you need about two or three passages that say things and he alludes to it? It's like, a, like, the swimming, like the swimming pool analogy. The Word of God is like a swimming pool. It's like it got a deep end and it has a shallow end. But the deep end is so deep and some people are on the steps. Okay, But if you can't, if you can't walk properly on the steps, forget about going deeper. All right? Stay on the steps. Get to know the steps. Get to know basic stuff. Before you start jumping in the deep end. and He says, don't do this. Don't do this. Mm. But anyway, <laughs> I think we... Uh, um, that was a quick goodbye. Yeah, that was a good <laughs> goodbye. Now, but I think it's helpful to clarify because I, I often when I'm, when I'm speaking with you, I, th I think about what other people are thinking. Because you're you the kind of person that starts pleasing people. You'll call people rabbi so-and-so. Andre, this is rabbi so-and-so. And I go... I have not taught Especially you. Especially I've done that yeah, before, right? No, even recently, right? Oh, yeah. I did recently. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Well, and also, I, this is pastor, whatever. I'm going, mm-hmm. Okay, hi, Jim. Hi, whatever his name is. You're right. Right? And it's because you feel what? No, because... You want to give them honor. Because they, they and they want it. They want the honor. They do. Yes, and you want to please them. Yes, you're right. And you don't want to please Yeshua. No, I do want to please him. No, so but you I want to please I, them. I repent for doing that. Okay. And I should say brother instead. Mm -hmm. And I do know this from before. But yeah. you're right. I, it, it's the other feelings I feel when someone's older, I want to call them Mr. and Mrs. Because it's in my... But it's a different story. I know. But it, I know. But, but the scripture says teacher, which is rabbi or pastor. Calls them um, father. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, what, there, was, there were three. There was... But then what about uh, doctor? That's their title. That's, it's, not, it's not a scriptural reference, right? But Luke was a doctor, but they never referred to him as Dr. Luke. Yeah. But that's, I was struggling recently because I had to put a whole lot of names on a presentation. And I was like, do I put pastor this? Do I put pastor that? That's what they're referring to themselves because it also gives them educational but, status. But also at the same time, I think we need to be aware. I, I, it's one of those kind of things that Paul himself said, I'm an apostle. Now, we need to understand their title. Like, okay, that guy's a pastor of the church. Got it. But you don't call people pastor whatever mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. that's the problem is because when we start doing that we're elevating we're elevating them they're going to feel a bit puffed up or they're going to want and it's not good for people to be feel puffed up mm -hmm. it's like i was speaking to a mighty man of god and i asked him the question um how you go through this and mm -hmm. what goes through your mind and he said to me you know i honestly feel that why does god use me mm. because i if 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 I was God, I would not use me. I said that's why God is using, using you, you. Yeah. because you realize that you can't do it. It's not you. Yes. And and for me too, I am not a speaker. I am not a linguist. I am not a writer. I am not a. I was orator. I've always felt stupid mm. my whole life. Mm. I felt stupid, right? What? 
No, because I just love where the Lord uses people. Because it made me think of a story yesterday. So, so, so guys, okay, you feel stupid, Andre. You recognize your, uh, that you feel stupid. And I am going to use you. And I'm going to make you look smart. Yes. And, and you're going to know that you're not that smart. I'm also, I'm also tearing up because I feel the same way with the Lord. Like he, he used me to do something I never thought I'd ever do. Like you watch movies and you watch all these big things happening and you, you never imagine yourself doing it. And he puts you in the position and you do it and you're like, I don't know how I just did that. I, I don't know how, how. And you know, only because the help of the Lord. And I, I actually want to share this story because I think it's a very special story is that there's a man. I won't be long because I see you looking at the time. There's a man who has a terrible stuttering problem. Mm. And he's a genius. He's a he's a doctor of of virology, and he he's a genius. And he is so looked down upon because he has a stutter. And his whole life, he he acknowledged publicly his whole life, in the back of his mind, when he would stand up to lecture or he would stand up to talk as a doctor, he was conscious in his head, "I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. People are looking at me like this. People are looking at me." But then he felt the Lord say. You are enough. And because of that, he speaks. He stands up and speaks. And sometimes he stutters, sometimes he doesn't. doesn't matter. And in a recent event that he was at, he was put at a lower level. He was kind of given 10 or 15 minutes because they thought, you know, people, you know, he, he they so, didn't associate him as the doctor he was. And the Lord elevated him and gave him a full time slot. And he just did such an amazing job. And the audience stood up and, 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 and they appreciated him even more because people want to know that you only, you know, that you, we are human and we're only doing things in the strength. Because when people know that, that's our testimony that mm. we, we aren't able to do all these things. It's the Lord yep. that helps us to do it. That's a nice note to end on. Yep. So, um, you want to close in prayer today? Yes, I'll close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just pray for all the people listening who don't feel they're good enough. Those people who don't feel that they're worth anything or they wonder, what can I do? What am I here for? Lord, what do you even want me to do? I pray, Lord, that they would recognize today that they are more than enough because you made them. Because you love them. And because anything they do comes from you. So I just pray for all of them right now that those words from the enemy, the words they've heard from people, the bullying, the words, the negative words that have said you can't, you aren't, whatever. I just break those off these people listening right now. And I declare over them, you are more than enough because of Jesus. If you know Jesus, you are more than enough. And if you don't know him, you are more than enough because of him and you need to get to know him. So Lord, bless all those people listening and, and help them to find you and those who know you to become closer to you. I pray this all in the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. And amen.